0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Lanning and company bring together a top 25 recruiting class for the Ducks in the class of 2022. And that's good news for Duck fans. Who are the guys that are headlining this class? We'll get to all of them, plus the implications of the quick turnaround we're seeing with Oregon football recruiting. Here we go.
1: You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every weekday. Remember to like and subscribe if you have not already. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to the show. If you want a question answered by yours truly right here on Locked On Ducks, slide up in my DMs at smalls underscore 55 or tweet with the hashtag ask LOD pod. You can also DM the at Locked On Ducks Twitter account, which you should be following to stay up to date with all the latest Oregon Duck News, of which there was plenty earlier today as I record this, National Signing Day has come and gone, and it was a very good day for Oregon Duck fans. They cracked the top 25 coming in at number 25 for the class of 2022, and I will get to the implications of that later in the episode, but the biggest names that that came through are where I'm going to start the show today. I already talked plenty about Jahlil Florence, who's probably the most headline big name recruit that Oregon has gotten in this class. But there were some guys who committed to the Ducks today, who I've been talking about recently on the show, who are really, really big time gets for the Ducks. Let's start with Jordan James. And Jordan James is the running back that the Ducks, Dan Lanning and company, flipped from Georgia. He had been a Georgia Bulldog commit for quite a long time. And Flips happen, you know? I mean, Oregon had a defensive back from Texas pull a, a bait-and-switch earlier today and decide to go to LSU to join Brian Kelly and that's that staff down there in, in Baton Rouge but that, that really doesn't sting as much. You know, it was sort of a weird, they, like he took off a black jacket, and then he had an Oregon shirt, but then he took the Oregon shirt off, and it was LSU, and uh, you know, I, I don't know why you can't just come out and say you're going to LSU, but oh, okay, that's in the past, and really doesn't hurt very much with Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence headlining this class for the Ducks. Jordan James, they're not the guys I'm talking about right now, but Jordan James is a top 20 running back in the class of 2022, which with the departures of CJ Verdell, Travis Dye, and Trey Benson, that's really, really huge, right? Dollars and Cardwell, neither of them, though I think they're both supremely talented, neither has shown they're they're capable of being bell cow running backs over the course of a season. I said that kind of looked like Oregon was going to need some bodies and this guy, Jordan James is a body. Now, he said, James did that, you know, the conversations he had with Dan Lanning helped in his recruitment, but that he really clicked with Carlos Lachlan, our new running backs coach, which is great to see because those are the sorts of little hires you won't hear from very often. But then you look at a recruit like this that is now, you know, one of the feature players of Oregon's recruiting class, and you say, Well, Carlos Lachlan, you know, the running backs coach, most people say, ah, well, he's just running backs coach. Got this guy to come here, and this is a really important acquisition for Oregon's roster. He ran for over 4,500 career yards in high school. He is 5'10", 205 pounds. I've watched some tape on him. I think he's got capable speed when he runs outside the tackles. But when you look at him, he's got a real thick build, right? He looks like a little bit of a thicker version of C.J. Verdell. And he, he runs kind of with a bowling ball, aggressive mentality between the tackles. And I think that's really good because if he can be more of a power runner, I think that will complement what Cardwell and Dollars are going to be able to do. They're a little bit more speed guys. Both can run between the tackles. But when you talk about a physical bang into a linebacker, run him over, pick up one or two yards in a short yardage situation... I think Jordan James can can be that sort of guy. He's got good, sometimes even great, hands coming out of the backfield, and he, he's got you know, according to the scouting report, and I've seen this as well, a good make you miss ability between the tackles. When, when he's running up the middle, he he has got this you know kind of shiftiness and feel to to just make guys miss and pick up a few extra yards. I think that. He shows a lot of promise. I think he brings a lot to Oregon's running back room and, you know, really helps to to round out that position that going into the offseason, we as Duck fans felt like, well, we're set at running back and all the other skill positions, and then all of a sudden running back was a glaring need and this had been rumored for a while. There were crystal ball predictions on twenty four seven sports, really for the last couple of weeks uh, about the possibility of Jordan James coming to the Ducks, and ultimately he did, and I think that is really, really good news. So I'll get to the other headline players in this class after I tell you that bet online. As you cover this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute information on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time, updated scores of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, so the other guys that are in this class for the Ducks, and of which there are many, and at some point I'll give you a full rundown of all the names, and you know the fun part about recruiting is these guys come in, and a lot of them have hype, and you can watch their highlight tapes and say, boy, I like this guy, he really shows this, that, and the other thing, but at the end of the day, it's like drafting in the NFL. You never really know. You think you know, and you operate on the information you've been given to make the best possible selection in that given moment, but you just, you never know. I mean, going into 2022, one guy who I think is going to be a stud for Oregon on defense, I'm sure many of you agree with me, is Jeffrey Bassa, who's a hybrid strong safety and linebacker. Uh, The reports are that he's going to go back to strong safety, which I think is great, and I think Dan Landing will use him in really fantastic ways this year, and I look forward to that. He was a three-star recruit. And he's out there playing as if he's as if he were a five star recruit. I mean, if you had told me that Jeffrey Bossa was a five star and I watched him play in the Alamo Bowl, I would have said, "Yeah, I totally believe you." You never know which of these guys are going to pop, and you never know which of these guys may never be able to hit their ceiling. That's just a reality of playing sports. Is it's hard. A lot of guys are good. It's competitive, and not everybody clicks to reach their full potential, but that's, of course, what, what the coaches are there to do. But the other big name from signing day, there, there were a couple, but Dave Iuli, it's either Iuli or Iuli. We'll figure that out as we go. The four-star offensive lineman from the Pialup area, which is in Washington, where the Washington State Fair is. He chose the Ducks over Miami and USC. This is huge. I talked on yesterday's show, you can go back and listen, of the importance of Jaleel Florence choosing Oregon over USC because what that indicates is that USC still has a ways to go. They still have work to do to gain the respect and, and recruiting prowess back to what they had you know, 10, 15 years ago or so. And I, I think that Jaleel Florence is going to be a guy who contributes very early in his career at Oregon, has the potential to be a high-level player in the Oregon secondary. And Ely is another guy who Miami made a big, big late surge for him. He was down visiting the campus not that long ago. Of course, looked like he was having a good time because, I mean, if you're visiting a Power 5 Football program like Oregon or Miami or USC, how could you not be having a good time? You know, having all those schools interested in you for your talents and your ability to play the game that you have loved your entire life, how could you not be having fun, you know, regardless of what school you're looking at? But it's even more fun for us as Duck fans when they decide, yeah, I'm going to take my talents down to Eugene. And this is an offensive lineman, you know, and I, I think I mentioned either yesterday or the day before that. There were reports he kind of wanted to stay closer to home, and maybe that you know hindered Miami's chances in the long run and ultimately getting him, which, of course, they didn't. The big thing here is that he's an offensive lineman, and Miami really wanted him. And what do we know Mario Cristobal can recruit with Alex Mirabal on the staff? Offensive linemen. And still, Iuli wanted to go to Oregon instead of Miami, instead of USC. Uh, that says a lot about the capability the staff has from a recruiting standpoint. And that is really exciting for Duck fans because the best thing that Mario Cristobal and that staff did over the last four years consistently was recruiting specifically offensive linemen and still being able to get guys like this it is really, really a good sign for, for this staff and for Duck fans as well. Another name I mentioned the other day, Trejon Williams, four-star safety from Jefferson High School. He and Justice Lowe are both staying Uh, in the state of Oregon coming down to the Ducks, which as I've said, that's huge. If you're going to be a premier program... You have to be able to keep guys in-state. You have to be able to you know, be the sort of school that guys grow up wanting to play for, right? And getting a guy who graduated from Lake Oswego High School and from Jefferson High School, that, that's really, really big as well. And uh, Amarion Winston is another guy who the Ducks were able to get. He's an in-stater, the younger brother of Lamar Winston, who had been a contributing linebacker to the Ducks over, over the past couple of seasons. You probably remember hearing that name. So we got his younger brother, who is coming out of Central Catholic, uh, another linebacker. Which is, again, after the season we just had, a linebacker. No such thing as having too many guys at that position. So those were sort of the big names that you know I talked about previously on the show that all ended up coming to Oregon. I honestly expected at least one of them to not come to the Ducks. That was sort of where I was at. I figured we would be able to get two based on what I had been seeing. About these three guys. The fact that all three came Angelil Florence came, really, really good sign for how much these recruits really like this Oregon coaching staff. And if recruiting is going to be their hallmark, then these are the sort of battles that you have to be able to win in the offseason. And the early returns, very, very good for this staff. The last guy I want to mention is probably not a name that you've heard until yesterday. I hadn't either. But Could be telling down the line. I told you, we got Amari and Winston. He's Lamar Winston's brother. We had Travis die, and we had Troy die before that. And we had Patrick Herbert on the roster after Justin Herbert. We still have Patrick Herbert on the roster. I mean, we haven't really seen him play a whole lot yet, and the tight end room is very, very deep for Oregon, so we'll see if he's able to see the field. But Oregon has had an ability, and it's not surprising, over the years, to recruit Guy's brothers, and I bring that up because the name that I want to tell you about today is Cruz Rushing. He's a three-star safety out of Tucson, Arizona. He was going to Arizona State before he decided to take a preferred walk-on spot with Oregon, so he's not even coming on uh, on full scholarship to the Ducks. It's noteworthy because A, we need safeties, right? That's a a position that's up in the air. Come 2022, and you never know what sort of guy could could pop and and grow into a really good role. Uh, Verone McKinley, who was a first-team All-American, he was a three-star recruit as well. But getting Cruz Rushing is noteworthy because his brother, Elijah Rushing, who is a 6'5", 228-pound sophomore in high school, is the top-rated edge rusher, yes, Tons all the way in the class of 2024 and he had a visit recently to the University of Oregon his brother is going to the University of Oregon and just for perspective the top-rated edge rusher and also the top-rated prospect in the class of 2019 was Kayvon Thibodeau I'm not saying that he is Kayvon Thibodeau I haven't gotten to his film study and and breaking that down just just yet because he's class of 2024. But down the road, y- you best believe it is an advantage for the Ducks when that guy goes to make his commitment that his brother is already on the the Oregon roster. So you know you know rushing is a guy again <laughs> isn't going to graduate high school for two years. He's already been offered by Utah, Utah State, Arizona, Arizona State and Washington. And I imagine that by the time he graduates, he will have gotten even more of those offers. But Dan Lanning, uh, defensive coach, this is just one of the things that we should come to expect is the highly rated defensive players are going to want to come to play for a guy like Dan Lanning. And, and Tosh Lupoy is a great defensive, uh, he's a great recruiter as a defensive coordinator. And I think that th- these are the sorts of guys they're going after and they're the sorts of players that Oregon fans should expect to see Associated with the University of Oregon in in the coming years, and he actually was uh, was interviewed a little bit. Elijah Rushing was about you know the the visit with Oregon and how all of that went, and I'll tell you about that after I tell you that there's an incredible app who everyone that buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free get upside app. Use code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up. Cash back, no catch. Just download the app, get upside, and you can cash out anytime your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Use code SCORE, get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. A, uh, I believe it was an unofficial visit to Oregon, but he, he met with uh, some coaches. Jake Long, the linebacker's coach. He met with Tosh LePoy, defensive coordinator. He met with Jordan Somerville, who's a quarterback analyst on the offensive staff. Uh, he met with Dan Lanning, of course, and he's also been in contact quite a bit with Kenny Dillingham. And that just goes to show you, because two of those guys I listed are on the offensive side of the ball, that coaching or recruiting as a coach in college football, is a team effort. I mean, you never know which of your coaches are really going to be able to click with the recruit and and sell the vision of Oregon football that this coaching staff clearly has a clear identity of if they were to get this class back into the top 25. Uh, The coaches told him that... uh, Quote, they want to build a dynasty from the defense up, which is what we should expect. We have a defensive head coach now who comes from one of the best statistical defenses in recent memory over at Georgia. That, lest we forget, won a national championship. I know all the the talk and all the hype and everyone loves offensive coaches. Everyone wants an offensive coach you can still win with a defense-first approach, and Georgia just proved that this past season. And they've been doing that for the past several years with Kirby Smart, and all they've done is (laughs) win a bunch of games, get to the college football playoff and national championship game multiple times and win it once for good measure. So this is the advantage to having defensive head coach. These are the sorts of guys that are going to be you know, more inclined to be drawn to the University of Oregon. Guys like Elijah Rushing, class of 2024, might not mention his name again for uh, for a long time. But I thought it was very noteworthy that we got his, his older brother, Cruz Rushing, a three-star safety out of Tucson, um, because it, it it can't hurt. It can't hurt. All I will say is it can't hurt when it comes time for Elijah Rushing to decide where he wants. To go to school. So speaking of this class, uh, to get a top twenty-five class, CBS Sports had Oregon listed as one of the "quote unquote" winners of National Signing Day because of all the guys that I just mentioned. Those are the headliners, along with Jaleel Florence. Uh, you know, to be able to get every single one of them when they were heavily recruited. You know, Jordan James was committed elsewhere. Trejon Williams had offers from other schools, uh, The Williams had you know always been. Uh, committed to the Ducks, verbally at least, and then he he signed, and it's the other guys. It's Florence and Iuli who are really, really impressive gets in this class of 2022, and we as Duck fans have been told of the recruiting prowess of this staff and I think we're seeing it already. Without them having coached a single game. Now, there's the off chance that it goes in the other direction. And you know the on-the-field product doesn't match the recruiting potential. But you know we'll just wait and see what, what happens there. I tend to think it's not going to be that way based on what I know about this staff and, and their history as assistant coaches in the past. But this class was at one point in the top 10 under the previous administration. It fell all the way down into the 50s and now has climbed back into the top 25 and the third best class in the Pac-12 despite decommitments from some big time players notably Kelvin Banks the five star offensive lineman who is instead who is instead going to go to Texas and play for Steve Sarkisian and the Longhorns and you know i'm sure he'll have a good time down there i just don't know how many points they're going to have to score to win every game they can't seem to stop anybody but nevertheless that is not our our current problem and the, this coaching staff they've been preaching about the recruiting process and the grind that is college recruiting, because it is a lot of work. It is undoubtedly, talk to anyone who's ever been in and around it, there are coaches who are in the NFL who never want to sniff college because of recruiting. It's a lot of work. It's a 24-7, 365 sort of job, but according to 24/7 sports they they have salvaged this into a top 25 class and to say that Oregon you know salvaged the class to stay in the top 25 whereas most other college football programs are just trying to get into the top 25 of recruiting is a testament to where Oregon football is as uh, as a national brand as I talked about yesterday with Jaleel Florence staying committed the to to the Ducks despite us changing head coaches and I mean this isn't even really this head coaching or this coaching staff's recruiting class they took over halfway through and they've been making the best of you know what is a pretty tough hand to be dealt but they've played their cards as well as they could and I don't know if it could have gotten better I, I I really don't you know when you look at the guys that they were able to get and where this class is going to end up ranking I don't know how, how they could have done any better. And I, I think that the brand of Oregon remains strong through the coaching change, which is a really good sign. And, and these these guys on staff, they know how to identify talent and to get them to buy into the vision that they have for the University of Oregon football program, which is really, really good. The Ducks come in this year with the, the third-best class in the Pac-12, and <laughs> the schools in front are just not the ones that you would necessarily think. Arizona is one ahead of the Ducks at number 24, and you know what? Good for them. Seriously. I, I truly mean that. I don't harbor any ill will towards Arizona, though games in the desert are always a little bit weird, but hey, that's just the way it is. This past season was rough for Wildcat fans, and those th- those fans deserve some hope and optimism, so I, I, I say good for Arizona. Stanford is at number 17 in the country. I have no idea how. I I have no explanation. I can't fathom how David Shaw was able to put together a top 20 recruiting class after the seasons they have been having, it has been tough times down there in, in the Bay Area compared to what they were, you know, six, seven, eight years ago with, with Christian McCaffrey and Andrew Luck and all those sort of guys. It's just been it's been tough, but props to them—they they pulled in another top twenty class, probably bought David Shaw another couple years as the head coach of the Cardinal. But uh, this class for Oregon, third best in the Pac twelve seven four-star guys, eight three-star guys. There's no five stars in the class, but you know those can be hard to come by, especially when you have a coaching change mixed in there. And I think this staff, like I was talking about with Elijah Rushing, they have their eyes set on those five-star caliber players. And I am very confident, based on what I've seen so far, that they are going to be able to get those really high-end recruits that make you look at your friend or relative or whatever duck fan you're sitting next to and go, hey, we're starting to build something here. I, I think that they can really do that. And just a quick note on uh, on five stars. They get talked about a lot, you know, in, in the recruiting rankings and how many stars does recruit have and all that sort of stuff. Some people, I, I think, have the uh, the perception of like, ah, oh, well, it's overrated. Why do we talk about stars and all this sort of stuff? Five star recruits rarely whiff. Go look at all the five stars Oregon has ever brought in. As of late, they've included Kayvon Thibodeau. Justin Flo, Noah Sewell, uh, the other ones that that are on there, if you just go to 24-7 were, uh, let's see, uh, Dante Manning is actually the most recent one that I don't think has popped yet, but we'll see what happens when Dan Lanning gets his uh, get, gets his coaching hands on him, metaphorically speaking, of course. But, you know, other five stars, Haloti Nada, Jonathan Stewart, D'Anthony Thomas, they, they just about always hit. You know, they're at least good players, if not great ones, and there's a reason. So that's why they get talked about so much. And uh, last thing today, USC comes in. According to 24/7, with the drumroll, please, number 65 ranked class in the country. As I've said, and as we saw with Jaleel Florence and Dave Aiuli choosing Oregon over the Trojans, it's going to tank Lincoln Riley a bit, even with Caleb Williams, to build that program back up to you know closer, at least, to what its ceiling is as as a recruiting power on the West Coast. And I mean, the 65th ranked class in the country. That sort of class was unthinkable for USC 10 years ago. And it, it just goes to show you stuff can change in a hurry. And when you you know lose certain coaches, sometimes it doesn't go very well. But Oregon's had a lot of coaching turnover. And on the whole, in the last several years, it's done a really, really good job to continue to be a strong college football program in this great sport. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And go Ducks.
1: a hey, Prime members.